everybody back to another uh journey into the dead zone with the dead kids of Derry. the lion is growling on the screen as we speak the biggest cat of them all with the biggest cat's eyes the lion of mgm <laughs> you know dino de Laurentiis doing a big yeah yeah good old dino this is back at yeah stephen king's Cat's eye. Now, James, you were saying you were saying some interesting stuff before the show about the layout of it, of the the, the films in it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's an anthology. It's the first King anthology. It might be, the, and um, only a couple of these are actually based on King stories that priorly came out, which was uh, Quitters Inc. Um, and The Ledge. The the whole final segment that this movie's most known for, with with uh, our second in a row Drew Barrymore appearance. Yeah, okay. yeah that 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 was all just generated and written specifically for this anthology. I love I love this intro though because it's like given so many quick nods. Yeah, like 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 Cujo chases the cat. Who's Christine almost hit them, and, and then Christine almost hits them. I mean, it's 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 clever. It's clever. I agree. This was the first Stephen King film to receive a PG thirteen rating. Ooh. Yep. You know, it does have that vibe of not being as raw, not being as extreme as maybe some of the others. It's it's the, it, it's it's the horror that the entire family can enjoy. Oh yeah, it's yeah. family horror. <laughs> well, it's definitely more tongue in cheek. Then, it's then, funny. It's so yeah. freaking funny. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely more playful than some of the other stuff we've done on the show so far. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun. It's a fun little flick. You know what I mean? I mean, this. I don't even think this thing clocks in at an hour and a half. I think it's a little bit under that. Yeah. We're going a little trying to push the commercialism. A little, com- little too commercial with this one. Maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know. I mean, at, at this point, like, what does Matt? Correct me if I'm wrong. What is this 1984? This is yeah, 1985. Unfortunately, 85. All right, 85. So, King's already a household name at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, it's it's. I mean, could it be more commercial, or could it be King going more commercial? I don't know. I don't think that's true though, because like 85 is the same year he released it, and that's probably his most fucked up book. Yeah, yeah. Lewis Teague directed this one. He also did mm-hmm. Cujo, you know, which is kind of Your a home. slow burn. He did Alligator, which was a very it makes sense because they're two kind of animal horrors. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah, two, but very different vibes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like both. Alligator is a good flick. 
It is a good flick. I actually just picked up the uh, Screen Factory 4K of that. Word up. Did they put out the sequel, The Mutation? Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure it's going to happen, though. Yeah. Ooh. Is that... That cat looks like my cat so bad. Yeah, well, they were trying to capture that. They want everybody that owned a cat to catch that love. Yeah. That worship. I mean, that's probably one thing why they went with a pretty neutral cat. I mean, it's just your basic tabby cat. Exactly. Yeah. Cat's name is the general, for those that don't know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, all in all, this is a this is a weird one for King. Like you said, Matt, this is this is definitely a much more commercial piece than what we've seen thus far. Yeah, on the show. I see. We I think we all seen it as kids and. We all we talked before the show a little bit, and we all we're all fans of it of this one. And it definitely has that um, kid introduction to it. You know, Creep Show's got that kid introduction type vibe to it too, but it's a little more extreme. This is definitely I think more. This probably like you know, well, Cujo probably be the first one that was really could have been TV movie type deal. I feel. Yeah, for sure, and I mean that's Teague too. Like I I, I feel like he. Uh doesn't play into, like, going so far that it's not entertaining Yeah, with the horror. You know what I mean? At least, like, you take in, like, Cujo, Alligator, this. He likes animals. He's a fan of the animals. I mean, that always ties me into a movie. And I love how James Woods is in this. Like, yeah, right? So good. I love James Woods to death. He got bad. People hate him nowadays because of his politics, but he's uh, he's great in everything he's ever done. Hey, man, you just got to have the woods. Mm-hmm. He's a Rhode Island guy, too, I hear. He's local. He is a Rhode Island guy. And he played Jack Crow, so I can't hate him. Yeah, yeah from Vampires, right? Yup. Yeah, I love his character in that. Oh, he makes the movie. Definitely. Period. Most definitely. Period. He's the reason why I always say mahogany. Yeah, right? Like, oh, <laughs> hey, Padre, when I was fucking kicking your ass back there, you got a little wood. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> great line. I love that when he tells the dude, he's like, they're going to fuck him up the ass. Did he put the cross up to him? He's like, they're just going to bend you over and fuck you up the ass. While <laughs> sucking your blood. I think the exact line was... He's going to bend you the fuck over, take a ride up your strata chocolata while he's sucking your blood. I love I that. Wonder, is, is that I love just that. his lines, or was he going by the script? A lot of ad lib. That's a good question. A lot of ad lib. Carpenter let him get away with a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's legendary. James Woods is legendary, dude. No horror and other. He's a guy you let ad lib. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He just, like, lets him himself throughout the whole thing. He's a good face man where like he's got the great face so it could really be saying anything and just gonna be like, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, sir. There he is. Now that looks like a healthy couple right there. Right. <laughs> Relationship goals. If you don't smoke cigarettes, you have a happy life like that. <laughs> 
when I first saw this, I was like, why are they panicking? Oh my God. Like the suspense in that was like edging enough, you know? There's a lot of really creepy moments in this one that I remember even being a kid being like, wow, like unsettling. Like the part where they're, where they're talking about the wife having to get her pinky snipped. And like, yeah, her, before like, that. He's, yeah, he's like, she, yeah. I'm going to rape her or whatever. Like, what? what? Yeah, it's a crazy world, though. Oh. Yeah, that's their, uh, they, have, they have a high success rate. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to just take those extreme measures to quit smoking, I guess. Yeah, put your family and yourself in danger. Quit cigarettes or everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. Mafioso, this is like some mafia organization roughing (laughs) you up. Very Godfather framed. Yeah. I really like how the blinds kind of like, you know, you know, do that uh, like affect that entire scene where you got James Wood's eyes like in the like the light part, and then the shades on the top and on the bottom. Yeah. No, what does that mean? Hmm. I mean symbolism. Mm, I, I don't know what I don't know what the symbolism is, but it just I mean cinematography from a cinematography standpoint, it just looks fucking cool. Oh, of yeah. course, I've taken so many pictures like that. Yeah. It's just it's just a cool look, like playing playing with shadow and like natural light like that, rather than having your set gaffed to hell, you know. But no, it is this whole scene's very Godfather esque, yeah. and it feels like it's framed very much like like this. I get scenes, I, I get vibes of the wedding scene, right? With Brando, like. You come to me, you know that that whole gig, and it feels good. I mean, until you know this guy gets like, until things actually like get going. Well, they're scary. I mean, the the thing about this is this is like real life horror. You know what I mean? Like these yeah, char- the characters are just just as scary as the villain in any other segment. You know what I mean? You you rarely would fear these people because they're. They're gonna, you know, you sign into their program, and they're like, "Well, we, we you know, we, we fucking kill you." It's, it feels like you're gonna quit regardless. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you quitting smoking, brother? You quitting one way or another? <laughs> yeah, Mister Woods is not getting out of that room anytime soon. You shook. Sorry. So. And he plays this like, I, I mean, like. Like you said, Matt, like pretty much everything Woods touches is pretty much is perfection. Like every part he's played, I can't I can't think of a time I could say, "Oh, James Woods really dropped the fucking ball there." Yeah. But this 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 like his, this whole in- exchange is like he's like, mm, this is like maximum Woods. This is a very cruel scene when you really break it down and think about it. I can see people being uneasy and not being able to watch this nowadays. I got so mad, especially how it looks like my cat. So I was like, yo, I would find him and kill him, even though I probably couldn't. But still, like, I, it pulls at the heartstring. I wonder if that was real, the way that looks. You know what I mean? Right? Like, now that is one different time. Oh, my. Like, were they actually <laughs> electrocuting the cat? Um, we have to see if, like, any animals were harmed in this. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, I got to look at the credits afterwards to see if that no animals were harmed thing is there or not. Yeah. Because if it's not there, I mean. Mm. <laughs> Scary stuff. Imagine going into a place this day and age to quit something or anything and they give, they give, they show you a fucking cat getting zapped in like a little side room in the office. Imagine that. I'm- I'd be getting the hell out of there as soon as I can. I'm like, yep. damn it, I, I'll, I'll smoke till I die. I mean, screw this. Yep. A company like this wouldn't just shut down either. This is still, in the fictional world of Cat's Eye, this business is still going strong. It's probably gotten bigger. Uh, I, feel, I, I feel like there's probably a long, like, I feel like some people in 2022 would actually be completely okay with this, too. Mm. They'd be like, oh, the, the, the ends justify the means. We've got to get people to quit smoking, even if we kill them. It's extreme. I don't like that. I feel like it's the truth, though. Th- that like- sounds kind of like the whole peacemaker, you know, uh, uh, kind of a philosophy that, you yeah. know, don't care yeah. how many men, women, children have to kill to, you know, get peace. I mean, it's like, isn't that kind of counterintuitive? What you well, I mean, here? yeah, but Alex, we're living in an age of reverse McCarthyism. Where the the other the the out the the square peg can no longer be allowed to exist in a world around holes. Like everything has to be the same, and everyone has to agree, or they have to be stamped out. And I mean, smoking is definitely on that agenda. Uh, um, it's definitely something that people. It's it's declined in popularity naturally over the years. It's not even. Like, it, anybody had to be murdered. But I definitely know people that would be A-O-fucking-K with a scenario like this. Yeah. And it's like, really? <laughs> very, very now. It's extreme. It's called extreme counseling. That's what it would be called. And they'd be okay with it. If you survive. Yeah. If you survive. Yeah, it's like three interventions in a funeral. Like, that, that <laughs> kind of thing, you know? I love the hallucinations that he like gets. Yeah. Like, is that just like the feeling of how it how it is to quit cigarettes, or is that like he, did he get drugged? It's well, in the world of Stephen King, I would put it uh, probably he got drugged. I mean, <laughs> that or some kind of like uh, a mental breakdown that could also be. Yeah. I was about to say, do you lose, or do you just yeah. lose his goddamn mind? Yeah, <laughs> they're playing on that. Like it is, like it's supposed to be some type of psychosis of knowing that he has to quit. Like definitely, like realizing that if he does it, there's going to be big problems in his life. Type deal, and then like the addiction. It's the addiction in his brain. She's happy though. She just does cocaine. <laughs> Hey, 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 nothing wrong with a little nose candy. It's the 80s, baby. Everybody was doing cocaine. I mean, and, I feel and, like... And Stephen King was doing a hell of a lot of cocaine. During Nobody did more than Stephen, let me tell you. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. He did so much cocaine that Scarface was like, okay, dude, you gotta, you gotta like, calm down a little bit here. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little something. I'd like to know the price tag of some of these big people's uh, like drug habits, like how much K 
King actually gave to the cause. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't know about Stephen King, but I definitely heard about one time, like, Black Sabbath snorted something uh, somewhere around $500,000 um, worth of cocaine on, on in one year of touring. Shit. It's a lot of cocaine. Mm. For anybody that doesn't know, that's a lot yeah. of cocaine. They probably a lot of support to Cuba. <laughs> well... Uh-oh, James is freaking out. He got scared by himself. Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is... This is definitely, I mean... You can definitely tell this is an 80s movie, because it's nighttime and everything's blue. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Blue moon. Booyah. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's looking for them smokes. I gotta yeah. get my, I gotta get myself some smokes, man. Yeah, we had he needs somewhere. it. Yeah, he needs it. I need it. I, I never smoked. Anybody he ever smoked cigarettes? Or I used to. You do still? Yeah, about a year ago I quit. I still did. You, you, Jimmy, you do? You said? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have no. I, I didn't know. I didn't, yeah. For some reason, I didn't take you over the smoker. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so you think- I I forget that the only person that hangs out with me outside of these things is Jesse. Yeah, no, I. I- <laughs> COVID. We gotta gather soon. We gotta gather soon. Yeah, I agree. Hang out, man. It's been he fucking years. I know burritos. Oh my god, he has a friggin' sword. That's right. That's Is there anything cooler than the fact you got James Wood smoking? And he's walking around in night with a friggin' sword. His home uh, defense solution. We shared def- we definitely yeah. share mentalities on home defense solutions. No, you're right. It's an umbrella. Okay. I was gonna say, Hawk. Are you what are you, what are you are you fucking gonna be all right? I'm sorry. Exactly like a sword. I know yeah, the screen's it looks like small. A sword. I was <laughs> like, whoa, where the heck did did this J- James guy get get a sword? <laughs> Well, In the right symbol situation, an umbrella could be far scarier. That's true. Yeah, it's pointy, and it goes. Yeah, I was, I was definitely okay. In the right spot, and you open it, it's going to give you one hell of a rush. <laughs> I, I was. That's what I was thinking. I was like, if this, if we got like a burglar's involuntary anal intrusion with a little pop open, like this guy's gonna have a bad time. Like prolapse city. <laughs> Anal <laughs> That was the original working title, Prolapse. <laughs> oh my Prolapsity. god. The oh shoes. Hey, like, like, it's like mafia clown shoes. What is that? Like the black with the red tips. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. They water shoes? I'm losing my mind. They're not. They're sure as fuck not wingtips. That's for damn sure. Yeah, like why was he, why was he leaking? Cause it was wet outside. He was sweating. He was. He was that. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. He was perspiring. Why was he leaking? Oh my <laughs> god! That's a very. You're taking the supernatural approach to this. This one is uh, the the evil is human. It's human. Yeah. Evil. Uh, that's we'll get into some crazy. On. We'll get into some shit that would just be leaking all over the place a little later. <laughs> <laughs> I like the blue. You know that 
Oh, sorry. Did you know no, that they no. used uh, multiple cats? Oh, I'm sure there was probably like 20 cats used. Yeah. <laughs> In that scene where they fried them up and then... Uh... <laughs> yeah, because all of them died. <laughs> every every take was another cat's life. Most of them. Yeah, but <laughs> every time they were done with the cat, they were very uh, conscientious and they skinned it and made little slippers out of them. That's very nice of them. <laughs> Waste not, want not. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Kitty slippers. I dig that color scheme with that, like, peach and blue. That's interesting. Yeah. Peach especially. Or what looks to That's be... That's like a salmon color. <laughs> peach, salmon, pink. But they can't have color in their photos, so it's very weird. Um, it's because they, they took uh, took the pictures during the black and white era. That's true. The black and white. When I was a kid, I thought that when it was a really long, long time ago, there was just no color. Everything yeah. was black and white. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think I think I think we all as kids when we saw like old black and white movies thought that I know I did also. Yeah. I had that plan. I had that that theory right until I saw the Wizard of Oz, and then I got all layers of fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> you know this can't be real. <laughs> it's like wait a minute, did they invent color? <laughs> it's it's the Munchkins. The Munchkins invented color. <laughs> I believe that. Did you know that um, before color TV, people would dream in black and white? Yep. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. True. Fact. We oh, also see things know. upside down, and our brain reverses it to be upside right. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Boom. Boom for sure. Boom. And I just want to put... I just want to put it out there. With enough mushrooms, you can see any color you want. (laughs) (laughs) I attest to this. Yes, you're right. Any color you want on anything. So apply that as you will. Yeah. The uh, the Every Breath You Take song that you hear throughout the song isn't the actual police song because they couldn't Mm -hmm. afford it. No, it's definitely a cover. It's a cover. cover yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big police fan, so you could have sold me on it being the police. (laughs) That's okay, but I'll be watching you, Matt. (laughs) I love that song a lot. I think that song's great for, like, serial killer type vibes. Oh, really? Even the music video is rapey. Like, oh. Yeah, no, that that song's creepy as shit. But that's a good trick out there for the filmmakers and the budding filmmakers that may be listening to the dead kids. If you can't afford a song, if you that's that most people can't afford the licensing for the the original song, yeah. but if you can find a cover, you can license it generally cheaper. Or if you know musicians, you can have them cover it and get it cheaper than that. Yo, I did not know that. Uh-huh. I feel like that was a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 uh. If you watch a lot of uh, Sons of Anarchy, was great for that. Yeah. Yeah. They never used the original songs or anything, but they always had all kinds of like popular music in the show, but it was all covers. Wow. Because you, you, you only have to pay the songwriter, you don't have to pay the record label. Boom. Yeah, and the record label are the ones that are out uh, like in the with yeah. the money. Like a snake, yo, like a snake. 
Yeah, songwriter songwriters will work with you on residuals. They they don't they don't ask for as much as if you tried to go through like BMG Music or Capital or any of those fucking vampires. Mm. I love this scene. Like everyone's smoking, even the kids are smoking. Uh, this was twisted to see for some reason. Yeah. Fucking freedom, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but back like, in how the, bad it is. There was the, the evilness of it. I think is like the way it's, it's airy because I think we look at it now and realizing you know how bad smoking is and it's kind of pushed. No offense to the smokers here, but everybody knows how the truth fucking commercials and shit. They really hammer out you know uh, how bad it is. So that it you know nowadays it's kind of more intense to see this scene. Not that I'm traumatized or anything, but like, yeah, seeing the kids smoke, it's, it creates like a really, and even as a kid, it really created a really kind of fucked up vibe because it's just so out of place and fantasy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's Heck, just even weird. the pictures even smoking. The fucking paintings are smoking, dude. <laughs> this kind yeah. of reminds, reminds me of that scene in Dr. Detroit. If anybody's familiar with that film where there's like a big weird party like this going down in a dream. Yeah. Yeah, and this dude's like dead. This dude's like a. I love how he looks like complete shit. Like he just ran fucking eight miles before this mm-hmm. take, and here the kids doing it. Yep. What were you gonna say, Hawk? Yeah. Oh, uh, I actually I forget. Oh, I was I was just making a comment about the uh, the portrait with the uh, smoke coming out yeah. of the nose. I thought that was a really cool effect. Multiple cigarettes. Yeah. That makes me want to fucking throw up just looking at that. That Even the dude that was like constantly blowing out smoke, and I'm just like, "Yo, is this guy vaping? Like, what the hell?" When I was a kid, a teenager rather, I had friends that smoked, and I did. I never smoked, and uh, they like dared me to smoke, and nobody told me that if you inhale it super quick, that it's gonna make you want to be fucking dead. And I inhaled it <laughs> super quick, dude, and it was like yakking all over the place. Oh, so, the worst. So seeing that dude smoke those handfuls of cigarettes is like fucking horrifying look at that big gust of smoke right there that's um, glorious oh through the years you know you have a problem when your fucking ears are smoking out like that you know you have a problem when you turn into fucking cigarettes yeah <laughs> yep then he's like fuck off guy this is a real elite smoking party we're getting the inside scoop of what it was like Wait, those were a thing Probably. no I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised I can say with, like, some certainty, though, like, I have to go eight hours a day without having a cigarette, and I never react to it like this. So, Mm -hmm. this is very extreme. This guy was like a... It jumps from eight hours, that first scene with his wife, and then it went to, like, two weeks or some shit. Hmm. Yeah. He's progressing. Now he's gonna... Now the devil's gonna show his face right there. Uh oh. It might as well should have been a fucking revolver in that glove box. Dun dun dun. Just as dangerous. Just as dangerous. And just when you think that everything's okay and nobody's looking, and you might have a little puff. Whoo! Then Saint Nicotine comes down the chimney after you. (laughs) (laughs) Smoke up, Johnny! Smoke up! I love how everybody's involved, too. Like, don't the kids stop and stare at him at one point? Like, what are you yeah. doing, mister? You're going to fucking die now. <laughs> it's There's a very Lovecraftian element to that. Yeah. Where it's like, you're a lone man going nuts against the entire fucking planet. 
pretty. It feels like the entire planet, anyway. What if I put the fucking sunglasses on too? He's a cool dude. That'll, that's that's how you stop. That's how you stop from smoking. You just wear sunglasses. <laughs> no, that's how you stop from being caught, right? Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He wants to go out in style, at least. <laughs> Back when black. Just as long as he doesn't wear sunglasses at night. Another creepy song for a creepy man. I fucking love that song. It's all about um, not trusting drug dealers in the alleyway, I believe. How how good is a cigarette if you're having like a bad day, you haven't smoked in a while, and you get the light up? Is it fucking really that great? When you see people in movies take a haul and look like they're having like an orgasm, is it not that fantastic? It doesn't do that. It doesn't really do that for me, but then again, like. Even on the the smoking scale of like what kind of level of addict you are to smoking, I'm probably on the lower tier. I only smoke like four packs an entire week. Yeah. So you know, I'm not I'm not sitting there like fiending anytime. That's eighty cigarettes in a week. Yeah. I was just gonna say, what's it? What's it? Twelve to a pack or something like that? It's twenty. It's twenty a pack. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Let's pretend it was 12, and that's an issue. <laughs> that's an issue. But no, four packs a week, I mean, when <laughs> I, in the grand scheme of things, that ain't shit. And I know people that smoke a pack and a half a day. Yeah, no, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I mean, kind of eating shit, but then I was excited that I knew math, so. Yeah. But no, the, uh, so I, I never get in a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm fucking stressed out. I need a cigarette. Right. Like, that doesn't, that do, I don't, I don't get there. But I know plenty of people that like go have to go like until break time at my job, and like the second they have a chance to like go outside, it's that's it, it's done. They're like fucking smoking nine cigarettes in a fucking row. I'm like, dude, you need oxygen. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I used to do that when I was smoking, and then I had the same uh, thought process. I'm like, hey, I'm breathing more nicotine than air. This is probably an issue. <laughs> ah, that's that's generally how people pass out. Yeah, nicotine poisoning for real. Just saying, it's real. But yeah, no, I've I've never gotten that bad where it's like, oh, the hard, the day's hard, and you know, there are some like truths. That good though. Like the, Is smoking like that good? Like, what's it do for you? Just kind of calm your nerves. I think it. I, I think it. Yeah, I think at this point, it's just fucking mental habit. habit association like it's it's not like i even fucking really like need it need it like yeah. i can go a whole day without a cigarette and just be like oh okay yeah you know uh, this is like, oh, i was gonna say if i remember correctly <clears throat> the use of that that police song was beautifully used right here if yeah. i remember correctly uh, we got no audio yeah. going but yeah now this is a drag out fight Believe it. Who's <laughs> going all wood on everybody? I love how the real gangster comes out like in this scene. They shouldn't have let that dude hold, grab him. Like him pulling on his legs makes him less scary because he's not really re- truly manhandling him. <laughs> like, yeah. in my imagination, he would have ripped him into two pieces. That's how fucking <laughs> like intense he was before. Should have picked. Should have picked him up over his head and given him a fucking pile driver. Would have smoked him. <laughs> fucking smoked him <laughs> like a cigarette. Ashes. Put him right through. Put him right through that fucking desk. There's uh, the dude on the highway who's seen him. Uh oh. Don't happen to the lady. I like the use of blue in this a lot. 
That, like, signifies, like, sorrow and, like, distraught, right? Oh, yeah. Everything she's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you guys do if you saw your wife in this situation? Good wife. She was about out. What she was about to get electrocuted? Yeah. I don't know. How much do I like my wife? <laughs> I like I'm that. I'm doing it for pleasure. Yeah. Is it? Is it? <laughs> or after the divorce papers are, are signed? Yeah. I mean, okay. So, like, if, if it were my current romantic entanglement, I'd be very sad. Yeah. But if I was married to her for ten years, I, I mean, jury's out. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Sorry. I know you're listening, but it's the fucking, it's just the truth. We don't know. We don't know how we're going to feel about somebody in a half a decade or so. So no, definitely not. It definitely. all depends. It, yeah. It all depends. Like, I like how she dances. If it were my mom and my dad and my dad was in there, I'd be fucking down with it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's situational, you're saying. I'm like, inheritance time, baby. Where's the button? Give me the button. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Woods. I like that though. The, that that they take it out on the people. Yeah, it's uh, like the, it's great writing. The whole story. I like I like this segment a lot. This might be one of yeah. This is probably my second or first favorite segment from this. Uh, good writing when you really think about it. Imaginative, like possible. You know, it hits all the right buttons. I think. Yeah, and it gives you like. Like, you, it, it almost makes James Woods, in a way, the villain. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, give up, you either got to give up your cigarettes or give up your wife. You know yeah. what I mean? He signed up for it, and it, the issue is he can't stop himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in a way, it's kind of like, well. I didn't even think about it like that. You killed your wife because you couldn't. You, you couldn't have the intestinal fortitude to fucking give up your cigarettes. Oh, yeah. He, he chops off her fucking finger, too, right? That's my favorite part. Yeah. Miss Coyne. Bill Coyne wants to roll in. I'll let him in, but Billy, Billy. Late to the party. What's happening now? He's like getting checked out. Now that they're checking his lungs, they 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 cut the scene out of uh, them putting the big tube down his fucking throat to check out what oh. the in- inside of his lungs look like. Hey, Bill Coyne, how you doing? Good hey guys, you. how you doing? I'm sorry about that. It's all right, Doogie. Movie's rolling, so we can't talk. We'll do pleasantries after. Right yeah. now, we're watching Cat's Eye. How you doing? Cat's Eye. Okay? We're in the eye of the cat. All right. This is uh, the prequel to um, this. How you doing, Bill? Doing good, yeah. Sorry about the last no minute. But yeah, no, um, I'm here. Um, hope everybody is doing well out there. Everybody's cool. Oh, this is one of my favorites. This is probably my favorite scene from this whole film. James Wood segment is such a good segment. He's the best. He's the best. There's a mo like, the, even as a kid, the scene with the pinky finger gone, the way yeah. they set this shot up. The way they set this shot up is fucking probably one of the creepiest moments in this entire anthology. Just the way he's thinking about it and the way the camera, I think, zooms in on her finger and she's kind of like, okay with it. And he just realizes that, oh shit, that's, this is, this dude was, wasn't playing around. Look at that. And it looks fucking Uh real as hell. That looks super real. So as a kid, that's like, whoa, what's going on here? 
Love it. It looks it. like they like did something like to make it go like this. Well, they tucked it. Her finger, I think, is just tucked. It's a very simple effect. Yeah. Yeah. You usually just bend your finger to a certain degree. Then you just use like a little cotton latex and you just put like a stump coming out. So it's real. It's camera. The camera yeah. helps tell the effect as well. Yeah. Like but that. if she's a true method actress, she would have just cut it off. I mean, obviously. I mean, I mean, I mean, if she was like Jared Leto. Now, if Jared Leto was doing that role, he'd cut off his uh, pinky finger. I'm very mad at Jared Leto right now. Yeah, and then he would send uh, a bag of shit to probably uh, James Woods. Yeah, probably. James Woods would actually kill him, though. He would. But he'd beat him up, for real. Yeah, that's funny. But no, I'm mad at Jared Leto right now. Morbius is terrible. Disappointed? Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing 50-50, actually. Ah, brother. No. Uh, I I went to see it this weekend. It Skip. Do not go. <laughs> Just avoid at all costs. It was I'll just give it to 45 days before it probably goes to a streaming service like HBO Max or something. Um, Look at that color scheme. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's great. That's, nice. that's fucking beautiful. Very neon. Even like when like that last shot of the cat where it was like the three different colors behind it on the concrete, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. All the shots of the cat, like when the cat's just moseying around doing his thing, like yeah. I don't know, like credit to them for making all of those shots look so cool because it's literally just a cat walking. <laughs> <laughs> no, is this very similar to Pet Cemetery? I mean, they probably had multiple cats. I take it, but uh, they did. I always, because apparently they uh, used treats as like reinforcement and then the kitties would get full and not die and so they'd have to switch it up. I'm telling you, the cats all died. They had like 30 fucking cats die in that electrocution scene. That's what I'm going for. 421 cats. <laughs> there you go. Imagine that. <laughs> 421, that's the real number? No. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> they got Joe Exotic on the case for that shit. God damn. <laughs> Y'all, Joe Exotic would be the one electrocuting the cats. This would be a cursed film with that many cat lives on it. Dude. That's a, mm-hmm. that's like human lives. You're starting to add up the human lives at that point. Yeah. You say ten cats equal a human? Nine. Nine. They got nine lives, right? There you go. <laughs> that's the going hey, exchange rate. It, it's the cat version they lost of the seventy cats. Right there. They lost 70 cats alone with this one shot. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Let's see how many lives this cat has after going through the freeway. Right. You can tell that the cat's uh, scared in this scene, though, when it closes up because its tongue is out. And that's like a nervous thing for cats. Cats are very method. Their tongues were, out <laughs> yeah. by the end of the, their tongues were permanently out by the end of the shoot, unfortunately. <laughs> it was a long day. It was a long Felix, day. Felix was such a prima donna. Wouldn't come out of his trailer today. <laughs> we couldn't get him to run across the street. He was never seen again, but we blame drug addiction. <laughs> all these cats were the worst drug addicts around. They all fucking overdosed and died. And the studio, oh, just, the studio, all like, the net. worst to best yeah. would be like the cats and then Drew Barrymore. They were hitting was the before. One million dollars of the cat's eye budget was entirely just for catnip. Yeah. <laughs> I found out Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I found out from Stuart from the Stuart Gordon audio commentary on dolls in the, in the beginning when the door's flapping that we're going to have a scene with this cat jumps out it was going to be a fake scare and so 
the Italian, uh, one of the, the cat wrangler basically said to Stuart, you know, like, so you have the cat? He's like, see, see, very good. Yes, we do have a cat. And they do one scene where they say action, the door opens and the cat takes off and was never seen of again. <laughs> and apparently Stuart said, well, do you have another cat? And he's like, no, 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 no. And they're like, oh, you know, well, that cat's an artist. One take Felix. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they don't know where they got this cat from. They think they just found him on the way. The Rango probably found him on the way home from somewhere. And so, like, yes, 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 but very good, trained animal. It's like one take. Never seen it before him again. Yeah. Uh, that guy knows how to handle a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, m- most Italians uh, see their hit or miss, apparently. This, this segment had a very, like, had a lot, uh, felt like um, the creep show segment with fucking Liam, uh, fucking Leslie Nielsen a little bit. Yeah. But oh, just yeah. more city like, but it's more of a city. That story with like a city background instead of like suburban beach town. Yeah. And I know I always like Kenneth Mc, uh, McMillan more than fucking the other dude here. I never liked this dude over here, the fucking Robert Hayes dude from Airplane and shit. Yeah. Never quite. Oh, right. He's like a poor man's fucking. Uh, He's just a poor one man. Of the brother. He's a poor man, unfortunately. Trying to think of the um, uh, space and art right now. It was a brother, a family uh, actors, like the whole family, grand grandfather, father. Um, Arquettes? No, along those lines, though. Garadines? Oh. Garadines, yes. Okay, okay. I always yeah. get him mixed up with uh, maybe Keith Carradine. They're one of the Carradines I always get him mixed up with. Well. Didn't one of the Carradines, like, die from, like, hanging himself and jerking off? He was making his own noodles. He was making his own noodles in the closet. (laughs) They hardened up too quickly and he got tangled up and died, unfortunately. That is the PG way of saying it, yes. It's, you know, very sad. Well, it's just fucked up because we want to remember him, you know, for all the great shit he did. But the way he died, it was like the way he went out. Thanks, David. Yeah, you really left an, an impression. Unfortunately. First of all, some people well, say that might not have been really what happened, Bill. I don't think that's what happened yeah. at all. I, I think he was made definitely made to look like he was. That's what happened, but I don't think that's what happened. I remember at the time there was a rumor that producers from wherever Bangkok or wherever it was were that did it because they knew that his last film would make more money, and they were making some shitty like direct straight to video type movie and that's why they killed him off. And it's fucking Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's fucking What's Thailand. The ghost, what happens in Thailand stays in Thailand. It's yeah, it's fucking Thailand. Like if they if if a Thailand movie studio thinks they can make more money off of a dead actor, that actor's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately. Pretty fucked up, but you know, it's uh, fucking uh, truth. So some producers will do that to you. I mean, you know, hopefully you don't die, but I mean, I've heard like, oh, so-and-so's last production, you know, shit like that. If you're troubled too, I think that like the Bruiser Brody situation, I think it's kind of the same thing with film where he was, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he demanded to be treated the way he should have been treated and get his money and stuff. And they didn't like that. So they, they kind of had him killed off. It's almost the same type of vibe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think that went down. The way the way that we were told on the news, it went down. Did you guys start only like twenty five minutes ago? 
Uh, it's yeah, we're not that r- roughly around. I think we gave you like ten. Then we gave up. Yeah. <laughs> the third, the third act. The we, the first act of the uh, the the first episode is uh, done in this. Yeah. Uh, and we're on to Quitters Inc. Quitters Inc. Yeah, quite possibly Quitters. the favorite. And, and we're on to uh... oh, Offices Donuts is back. Yep, he's killing it. Yeah. I might need to sport a mustache like this guy. Now more must now with now with a hundred percent more mustache. <laughs> I need more. But, but, but when I wear a mustache, I look more like Ron Jeremy. There you go. I don't know if that's a good look these days, bro. He's in a lot of heat. Lot well, of why? Heat. He's in jail for uh yeah, underage shit. Un unwilling sexy time. Yeah. Which seems weird when you do porn. I know. That is really, yeah. And that was a real weird because I got a documentary they did about him. I think, uh, I forget the name of it. Some of the hardest working man in show business or something like that. And um, everybody wanted to fuck him. Like, they'd be just like porn star, like female porn stars that would just want to have sex with him because he was Ron Jeremy from like their youth and stuff like that. So I thought it was weird that you have that, t- you have that fanfare within your community and, you know, fans and stuff. And then you have, you do sex for work. Like why? I, but really, rape's more of like a power thing than it is fucking sexual, anyways. You know, so yeah, that's kind it's of more about the did. violence. You're right. I will but, say this though, in his defense, yeah, uh, he is amazing at memorizing lines. He had a segment that was unfortunately cut out of Poultry Geist, where he had to learn three pages of dialogue, yeah, in not even a half day. And he came in and knocked it out of the park. So, and as we know, you know, sometimes it can take a while for actors to really get comfortable with the lines that they're saying. But in Poultry Guys, if you can find behind the scenes with his segment, it's just, it's really impressive. I, I'm sure he's recited many lines for his new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> lines of coke, in, that is? <laughs> in San Quentin. <laughs> You think they got him in general pop? I'd bank on it. I don't think he's rich enough to to, to get get the the celebrity treatment. I bet there's certain people in there that want to want to fill Ron Jeremy's parts, just like all those female porn stars did when he's on the outside. It's either one way or the other. He's either getting exactly treated how every other sex offender gets treated in prison, which is terribly. Yeah. Or he's the fucking god in there. It, it's I no think way. yeah, I it's, think it's like no he's way. king of the perverts. I think there's like a per like a heavy pervert gang that probably brought them in as his lord type deal. He tells oh them God. all the he tells them all the wild sex stories, and they beat it like Michael Jackson and fucking <laughs> protect him when he's uh, out in the yard. You know what I mean? They just see asses diving in front of Ron Jeremy. No, I'll take one for you. Whatever. Whatever, whatever keeps you alive and keeps the shit out of your kidney, I guess. <laughs> Don't take it. I guess so. Yeah. It looks like he's just hanging around out out uh, on the balcony. Now, yeah. If, yeah, if I remember, he told him like if he gets around to the other side, he's gonna let him in <laughs> or something like that. Which I always thought, even as a kid, I was like, he ain't letting you in that fucking back of that building. Come on now. Right. You no, know, it's interesting too. Like. 
we've been on this odyssey for a while now with the King films, seeing how many people like are reoccurring from old films we've already looked at. Like uh, Mustache here was fucking Officer of Donuts in Salem's Lot. Yep. Drew Barrymore's back this this episode. Or so, even like uh, Martin Sheen. No, not Martin Sheen. The hell is his name? Um, the Estivus. The, uh, yeah, Martin Sheen, I think that. Yeah, because wasn't he in the Dead Zone and also Zone in and, um, something else? The Dead Zone and Firestarter. Firestarter, yeah. They must Might have had a headache, that. but I'm not that crazy. I thought they were in something. No, well, at the weren't. time, these probably had buzz. Like when they were coming out with King being where, who he was at, they probably were looked at as like uh, things you should go see. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Sure. And plus, if they're good filming experiences with certain people, then it's like the hell with casting someone else, bring them back. True. A lot of repeat directors, too, have a lot to do with that. There's a lot of repeat directing going on, too. You know? Yeah, because here we, and this time around, we have memory serves correct. You guys probably touched base on this. Louis Teague, who yeah. I think uh, did Cujo before, yep. before this, and before that was Alligator. Yeah. Another, you know, that wasn't King, but Alligator really started everything for his kind of animal, directing animals. It's true. Killer feature animals. Oh, for sure. Well, earlier in this, in this, uh, James Woods was watching Pet Cemetery, and like his response was, Who writes this crap? And then like stormed away. Yeah. (laughs) I love those tie ins. And that's the stuff King actually enjoys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that. I mean, Stephen King wrote this whole script, so it's yeah. like all those, all those in King jokes are like the, it's all tongue in cheek. It's all fun. Um, it's all I ego. Mean, <laughs> well, but why not? Because he wrote it. You fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, like, yeah. But the beginning of yeah. the movie, the cat's getting chased by Cujo, and they almost get run over by Christine. Like it all. It's it's all fun. It all kind of ties in, and you know, I, I I can dig it. Makes me very happy. That's for sure. I don't hate it. I love it when uh, writers can uh, even work things uh, to their advantage with their ego. Not unlike what um, uh, Peter Benchley and Jaws as the newscaster. So I love it when you know the writers show up and um, you know their own works. You gotta have fun. John, yeah, John Sales as well. And um was it Piranha or Alligator? He shows up again, but you know, he was the writer. And, it's, and people like Joe Dante, they're like, I love it when they have writers on set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for those rewrites. Well, speaking of Joe Dante, uh Teague also came from like that Roger Corman school as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I can't remember what the hell it was he did, but it was um I should actually look that up. Uh, Is that a trumpet? Huh? A little horn. It's a little horn? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it now. No, he was all a little horny on the sidewalk. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my. I think he just blew his horn. Too expensive place to be horny on the New York sidewalk. A Vegas sidewalk, even worse. <laughs> How many horny jokes can we work into this? There's a lot of puns going on. I'm liking it. 
I like that. I love it. Keep going. That oh, my gosh. I'm horny. Oh, my God. I'm horny. Billy, that's good to know. What well, you, no, you don't remember that song from, like, 15 years ago? It's uh, uh Nope. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's on the, um, it's on, it's on, what's it called? This is Billy making something up, so we think it's not from him. <laughs> it's on, it was actually on one of the South Park CDs. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, Trey, they get to hear the song. You got to listen to this now. He's like, he's like, he's like, we're not listening to this. It's not, not going on the soundtrack, and they were recording it, and it was a joke. It's. I had to, I had to think about that. Okay, no, now I get it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's not a song I know. Like, coins making shit up again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking mostly you're just kind of cover the fact that you're actually horny, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm horny for you guys. How does that? Hey, come on, we big lugs. Ooh. That's no. That, that's how you. That, that's how you tell you love people. You love people now. You're my best friend. This I'm horny for you guys. This effect. This was always very you. effective. Bill Coins. Since you're an effects guy, when he picks oh, at the yeah. ankle like that, I always thought that he bleeds too. If I remember correctly, fucking pigeon. Like it looks real. It looked pretty real. Bill Coin, you know who did the effects on this off top? Um. Off the top, uh, yeah. give me a second and I can get an answer for you. Because I have seen this movie a lot, and it's yeah. been a while since Mike, I've seen it. Mike Edmonds, um, Mike and I Edmonds. love uh, Lewis Teague's commentary track, and Jeff it's Jarvis, very Jeff good. Jarvis. It's Jeff Jarvis. Jeff Jarvis? Yeah, your boys. Okay, open up my browser. No, he did that movie, Cat's Eye, remember? Blue is like incredibly used in this entire thing. Definitely the vibe. There he it's is. Like, I love that. I love how sinister this dude is. Yeah. See, the scene when they drops the bag of loot and something else is uh, glorious. I always remember that being great. Yeah. He's hosing him down. In his cat's eye. Whoa, whoa. I just stole my breath away. Yeah. You just burn them. I've been looking forward to this one because I love the fucking end song to this movie. We're going to expect you to sing that end end song, Bill, so get prepped up. It's karaoke time. I don't know if you were informed or not, but that's what's happening. Scary Oki. Scary Oki. Scary Oki. That's where I was this past weekend. Killing it? I I can't wait to tell you something after this recording. That you guys will get a kick out of You're making the audience jealous. I know because they, you know, they know. Well, they don't get to know. Out. They don't get to know. Ooh, the cool I love that stuff. Top secret. I gotta love the fading in and out with the, the skyline. Him on the edge. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. And the cats on the edge with him. That's a good boy. That the general. Yeah, that hey, can I come on a play? <laughs> He's going to sell him some insurance. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking for a cigarette. <laughs> Ties. James Woods. I should have brought him back around. But his story never really ends. It doesn't. You don't know what ends up happening. Does he get off the smokes? Do they fucking kill him? What goes down? Right? Did they take her other pinky? Did they take her? I feel like she lost some pinkies. Yeah, there was definitely the other one went too. 
probably. How do you guys think you would last in a situation like this if you had to crawl along the outside of a tall building? I'd die. I think five I think seconds. You think five you seconds. I can see Jess surviving. I don't. Yeah, I, I believe everybody else so far. Yeah, I rock climb. So like, all you have to do is find your sense of balance and like something to grip onto. Yeah, much, it was the same. It was the same effects guy. He also was the coordinator on Silver Bullet. Yes. Yeah. Coming up soon. Well, full transparency. But full transparency, I am terrified of fucking heights. Me too. So if you if you got me on the edge of a building, I am gonna die of a panic attack long before I ever fall off of it. Well, that's how it was for me. One of the first times when I first got in the union, they said, "Billy, go up, uh, you know, twenty five flights and." uh, you know, this was when snow was all over the place. They have steel going all over the place. And they have these flamethrowers that they're using on the roof and to melt the snow. And I'm like, what the? I'm like, I'm getting out of here. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't do the heights. I can't do the high steel. Someone's going to turn and burn my face off. This is national treasure. Mm-hmm. The hell with this. You know, I, I can't. I, 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 I could do like roller coasters, thrill rides. Like if I'm strapped into something, sitting down, fine. But if I'm free form standing at a yeah. tall, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be in the fetal position in about eight seconds. Like, yeah, I'd be dead. I don't think I even get into the fetal position. I just fall. Like as soon as I try to get to some kind of uh, you know, sense of balance. Yeah, James will be in the fetal position with a copy of One Last Kill in his hand and a bottle of Southern Comfort in the other. <laughs> For the trip ride, for the ride down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be, I'd just be frozen. I would. I'd be absolutely paralyzed. I'd, I'd be beyond terrified. Well, especially the wind when you're standing, standing right there, because you think yeah. it's just going to take you, right? And that's the thing about when you're up at extreme heights. That when that wind's kicking around, you, you better be fucking careful because that thing can just take you down like that. Oh yeah, he made it. He or made it. it. Or did he? Right now, Corey showed up. Gangsta. What I love about Stephen King and the whole comeuppance thing. Someone has to go through it, and they make it through. And they make it through. They're going to make them go through it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how the cat's just chilling, like, waiting. He's all nonchalant. He's like, yeah, when's the next story coming along, guys? Come on. I have a, I have to go up against Drew Barrymore and a troll, and I want to look my best Classic. for the troll. I love that. When that head comes out of the bag. But, uh, that's gangsta. He just gave him head. Gave him <laughs> Take that, mustache. Ooh. Cat's that's here. a catastrophe. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to find a way to use that. I'll put this bullet in your head and make you catatonic. I've been waiting. I could have fit I, anywhere. I was. I've been wondering where the cat puns were. Finally, we're getting some. Yeah, getting the cat out of here. Make way, cat coming through. I'm drawing so many blanks right now, but I'm like, I feel like a little kid, and I'm like, hee. <laughs> oh, it looks like the untimely death of Officer Donuts. Yeah. Oh shoot! Sir Donut. It's a joke. I like how nonchalantly pulls the yeah, mask. Yeah, um, can't wait for a return to Salem's Lot. Oh God! Look at my bag. I gotta finish this article. 
Lamont's wincing already. I don't know. Uh, can we please just skip Return to Salem's Lot? No, we really can't. I have to do my episode. It doesn't I'm even really. You, Larry doesn't... Cohen does know his stuff. It was just a weird hand he was dealt with. No. Who says that, Bill? I don't know. I think that was a Larry know. Cohen impression. I like that. Michael Moriarty is a national treasure. Larry Cohen was so much more colorful of a character than you would expect him to be from his films. Like he's yeah. like a Lloyd Kaufman esque type dude. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. He just rest made a peace. real yeah, rest in peace. But he just made a real stinker with Return to Salem's Lot. That's all. Yeah, he did his. Every independent person should like. Larry Cohen, because he was super fucking indie. Even when he did like that phone booth movie that was like a gigantic hit, which some people don't know he did. Yeah. That was super low budget and indie. Well, even though that call I, I, think, I think every single independent producer owes a lot to Larry Cohen. I mean, you know, he did so I mean he's yeah. one of my personal favorites, but he's you know, he's just a fucking really good filmmaker. Everything he did, the stuff. Key right. of the Wing Serpent. Everything he touched, just amazing casts. Yeah. Look at that. Except Return to Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I, happens. Earlier today, that was very sad. Very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I guess he was... Hawk, you were the first person I thought of when I read that. Who, Hawk? Yeah. Because I know that he's a, I know Alex is a big uh, yeah. Gilbert fan. Told me that one of the first times we ever met. Fuck yeah, yeah. Apparently, he was very sick though. So. I yeah, he, I listened to the show and everything, and uh, they've been doing a lot of like filler episodes, <laughs> like archive shit. But I didn't think he was uh, sick. I'm surprised he was sick for a while. Supposedly. Weird, very sad. Ooh, a train coming coming into town right here. Now we're going to the suburbs. We took the train to the suburbs for the next installment. Yeah, the cat's going full full hobo. He's going back to the studio, Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> I wonder if there was ever a talks for Cat Side Two. It could be done. It could still be done. Don't say that too loud. I know the filmmaker, low budget filmmakers will stay like Cat's Eye 2, Electric Boogaloo type shit. <laughs> going, to, like, going to Wilmington, North Carolina, he's going to the set of Super Mario Brothers. Be the Amityville horror. <laughs> Most exploited franchise in the fucking horror world. Dude, there's, I, I can't even get over it. it I yeah, it's, it's. I can't so... do Every time I'm in Walmart, there's a new Amityville something. Yeah. Amityville, Amityville. Pretty much. That's even a haunting. I'm doing Amityville, but it's going to be in Braille. That's the catch. <laughs> Amityville Karen looks yes. hysterical. I will say that. I'm just over it. It I'm, is. I, I'm just over it. Like, come on. It's you tired. Guys, <laughs> you guys are just exploiting. You're literally just exploiting, like, a word. Yeah. Like, hey, stop is it. that little Drew Barrymore? That is we Drew Barrymore. Just slapping the car. That's like the most realistic time of a kid, like footage of a kid watching a car in a movie. This is not going to be another episode of Drew Barrymore and slapping every other sentence. Oh. But she was slapping the car. She was. Yeah. Good. And leave it at that. Yeah. She's in every segment of this, which is, uh, but she was only paid for one. Very sad. 
The cat just wants to get away. And and, and Drew just wants to grab her pussy, so I mean Oh my god. Can I? <laughs> I love how this mom is like the epitome of a Karen. Exactly. Hater. Isn't it the mom? I'm gonna see her face again because I thought it was the same woman. Um I miss oh, designs for bedspreads like that. That terrible. She almost looks like um, deep dive. The fucking and I were Elm Street three. The the nurse that when the oh yeah gets tied up in the bed. Oh yeah, it's like her oh, yeah. a little bit. A uh, little bit. A little bit. Which She's got very, more clothes on though. Very twisted as a, as a young youth. You see that and you get all hot and heavy because she's like ready to go and then it turns into Freddy Krueger. Yeah, hey, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Then you're just left with a very, very, very confused direction. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the true. Time. You still got to finish the job, but I mean. <laughs> but then you, you're like, eh, well, I, I'm already ready. I might as well finish with uh, Robert England, I guess. <laughs> then you pause in the VHS and trying to adjust the tracking so it's like all tits, no tongue. <laughs> but oh, I mean, I've never done that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Look at that television. Tom and Jerry. High tech. I gotta love Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. I'm going to go out and play with an alien tonight. Mike Starr, that's who that dude's name was. Like, the, like Yeah, he yeah, was also in Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, yeah, I always remember him for that. He's when you hear the most annoying sound in the world? Exactly. He was in uh, everything. He was also the clown that gets punched by John Candy and um, Uncle Buck. He is? Really? Yeah, Mike Starr. No, no shit. Let me tell you something, you four-life loading, and then it goes four-flushing sack of shit. Yeah, exactly. Trying to get that out. In the world, what is it? In the world of entertainment, I'm a god. Well, in the world of home entertainment, I'm, I'm a god. god. <laughs> That's a fucking great moment in that film. Get I love in your that. mouse and get out of here. Get in your mouse and get the hell out of here. That's a great movie. Classic. I love Uncle Buck. Yeah. Very young Macaulay Culkin and the baby Gabby Hoffman. Sure. A lot of young people. A weird father. Nice weird father figure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This kind of... This one reminds me a lot of uh, Nightmares. The, The big rat, that segment. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I got the parents mixed up. For a second, I thought it was the dude from It, um, Stanley, the, dude, the grown-up Stanley. Yeah. I forget, his oh, name yeah. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I thought that, yeah, I know he's the father in that, and that the other one. I love so, the color difference in their outfits, too. Yeah. A lot of bright colors, you know. Well, we've we've moved on from the early '80s, and now we are into the mid '80s. Yeah. So, so things are getting the the outfits are gonna get loud. 
Did you guys enjoy the neon era of the 90s? I actually did, and he gets I, a lot of I shit. Did. I actually I did. Like, I, I, I look back on that following. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I was wearing black all the time. Yeah. I was, I was, I was about to say, like, I was a pretty off kid, so I was that I wore black, but I enjoyed everyone around me in so many different colors because I just remember the most with the palettes, I, the colors. But I was like you guys, you know, black T-shirt, jeans, and I was I was happy with that. I rock neon green like hats and shit. I was I was exposed yeah. to Nine Inch Nails at a very young age, so it it, it ruined me. I yeah, you were all black from the get go. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails and Tool were like the two. Class of nineteen ninety nine, man. First time I ever had like a whole, and I was hooked. Come the day. When the night, uh, uh, that end title song, Major. Yeah. 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 I didn't realize he was with the co-founder of fucking Live Aid. Yep. Who? The guy who uh, wrote and sang the end title song for Class of 1999, Major. And he, yeah. But that was all like... uh, uh, Mark Lester found all those bands up there in um, Seattle. I mean, he mm-hmm. got like he uh, got a lot of really good bands mm-hmm. for that soundtrack. He broke Nine Inch Nails, man. Yeah, I mean, dude broke fucking Nine Inch Nails. If he hadn't put them in class in 1999, Trent Reznor wouldn't be worth a billion dollars right now. And Rose McGowan may have never been discovered. Yeah. Though, you know, mileage may vary on that, whether or not you like it. <laughs> Rose McGowan from Scream is my favorite Rose McGowan of all time. If I could have a Rose McGowan for myself, I would choose Rose McGowan from Scream, probably. I mean, Charles. Not to own or anything. It's not that type of show. Be, all right. Just to be friends. <laughs> I thought we were. I, I thought we were talking about a Jimmy Page situation right now, but yeah, she was of age. She was of age in Scream. Yeah, she was in her twenties. Yeah, I don't care. I still love Jawbreaker after all these years. Drew Barrymore was in Scream. That's my tie-in. I like that. Oh, she cool. was in Scream. Some people consider Scream to be cat's eye too. <laughs> but sure, you know. sure. <laughs> We can go that road. Or we're going to get romantic. I was actually just hanging with uh, Dave Sheridan over the weekend. This is the least sexy sexual thing I've ever seen. Because it's all about the cat. He's just trying to ease his way in. She's being impregnated right now. The general. Through the clothes. The general is trying to bust the walls down. Yes. That's what it is. Hey, hey, some people will do Is it church or general? Church's Pet Cemetery. Church's Pet this Cemetery. Is general, Church's right? Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, General. That's this is was. General. But oh god, this is gonna. This is when the icky shit starts happening in this segment. Yeah, and, and all of these vocal effects for the troll were done by legendary um, voice actor Frank Welker. Yeah, they were, and they're fucking effective as hell because this little oh. bastard freaks me the hell out. Yeah, he's a creepy little fuck. This thing he is. And it's amazing with the use of scaling up the sets. 
because I imagine that, you know, I mean, they could have used a regular sized person if they were smart enough to scale up the sets, but they used a little person. So they didn't have to scale up the sets as much, but this costume is very freaky. I mean, it's a, it's a freaky little troll. No, no terrible little bastard. He's Daniel, Rose. Daniel Rogers was the little person made for this from this. He was, he was made for fun. this specifically. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, Hawk. Uh, <laughs> what? What? They took a little guy. They shrunk him down. <laughs> yeah, That's how you make little the, people. Yeah, three weeks before the shoot, they made him in the laboratory. <laughs> the, they uh, put him in that. They put him in that Willy Wonka machine. That's true. <laughs> the next well, fuck! Thing, fuck yeah. this little asshole! No, fuck you, Icky! Ew! <laughs> ew! So fucking creepy. I don't know what it is about little things like dolls, fucking puppets, fucking trolls, like, you know, the size of my hand. It, do- yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. Like, little shit doing evil stuff, just, no, I'm not about it. You're describing like, uh, basically half of Charlie Band's catalog, just saying it the way you did. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. You know. Don't want to deal with it. It's fun, but yeah. don't want to deal with it. Yeah, this looks like uh, Rumple. I love these POV shots, like you know the the low angles. It's like Chucky, but they're even smaller. I mean, you have to use mirrors for stuff like that because those cameras were so. All right, so how fast he's running? That's definitely where the cocaine budget went. (laughs) That's where the cocaine is. This little asshole. Creepy, creepy little. He looks like Rumble Stiltskin. Anybody ever see that movie, The Kevin S. Yeah. I love that movie. That's it's so about. hard to get. It's really getting expensive I now to find movie. that thing. I believe. I, I know. That's, that's, that's Same director is uh, Leprechaun, Mark Jones. Is Makes it? Sense. I thought that was Kevin S. Tenney. Is it? I could um, be wrong. No, it was Mark Jones because he also because uh, Mark Patton was also in oh, it. Yeah, he, he, kind of, he takes his eye out in the beginning, but it was Ozzy. What's he doing her? Is he like sucking her soul out? I can't remember. Yeah, well, because the, there's, yeah, there's like breath. yeah, there's old wives' tale about cat's breath, where like if uh, a cat can will sit on your baby's chest and take its breath away, kill it for real. But it wasn't the cat ever. So it was really the troll. So yeah, that's that's what was kind of cool and creative about this segment is that when that happens, it's not actually the cat's supposed to be the good guy in the situation, trying to ward off these things that actually kill mm-hmm. the babies. Yeah, they inverted it because yeah. you're right. I believe the myth is even like pregnant women are right after they get yeah, birth. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Generals here to fuck you up, you little asshole. That's right. Yeah, bitch. Good protector. I think more people remember this scene <laughs> with the troll just as much as the finger scene, as you mentioned, Maddie, because are, then there's very few key elements about this movie that I think that were like cat's eye. It's like, oh, the finger, you know, like you say, or that troll. I mean, that was creepy. I think when when people think of this movie, I think it's this segment they think of for the most part. Because the most mm-hmm. horror-like. Yeah, it's the most creature. In the, yeah. I don't think it's the best segment. I definitely think Quitter's Inc. is the best segment. Yeah. But this, this is, I think, creepy by virtue of this little creature running around this little girl's room. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. Just Yeah. Know, Creepy little bat, and the creepy little bastard is trying to kill a kid. Like fuck you. That's just that's messed up, man. You feel like every house has one too, in a way. As a kid, yeah. you know I mean, you feel like every house has its own little ghoul that will get you. Have you guys yeah. talked about yet the excessive use of uh, 
the police in this movie? The police, no. Every oh, oh, it's all the music. Oh, the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they play that song so much throughout. It's a great song. I love, I love it. But, you know, it, but I will, that they really use that song a lot in this movie. It was very Probably. fitting, though, for the yeah. most part. Oh, well, perfect. Well, it's almost like a song for like a perfect, it's like the perfect stalking song. If you really think about it, you know, yeah. every breath you take. I mean, it's a great song, but it's like, it's like a, it's almost like an anthem for stalkers, but it was appropriate and it works in this, you know, this time around, this type of movie. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, the, now, now, now the general and the troll are playing a little cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. No unintended. Oh, pun completely intended. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No catting around with this cat. The general don't take no shit. You saw him. He just fucking <laughs> whooped that shit. Yeah, he whooped that little bastard's ass. He has like a wound here. Yeah. He's acting like he's completely fine. What a badass. Yeah, he got, he's like, I got hurt, but you can't tell me shit. <laughs> they don't call me the general because I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Call the general and save some time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we made insurance salesman jokes already. <laughs> I heard that this cat uh, tragically died young by fiv. You know, it's the cat aids kind of. Oh, he was a he was a partier. He was a partier. Yeah, got all the nip. That's what happens. You get on that nip, and then it's all it's all down. They call it a nip slip. Mm-hmm. You just slip away. Very sad. Going out places, catting around. Come on, man! I just need a little nip. Come on, a little nip. I've seen some cats be straight fiends for that shit, though. Oh, my cat Frank the Tank, who looked incredibly similar to this cat, was probably a few pounds heavier. He was addicted to cat. Being a cat owner, that's way too much cat food to give him. You don't give him the whole can. Goddamn. He'll eat the whole damn thing. He will, but you know what? Some cats get fat because they usually eat in one sitting. I mean, you know, Mm. unless, well, it depends on how finicky your cat is. I've never had a finicky cat. I usually have my cats just like graze during the day and then sometimes I'll give them the wet food. Yeah. But they go crazy over the catnip treats that I give them. It's literally crack. They, like, won't eat anything else. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, have you ever dressed your cats up? When I was a kid, I kind of had a cat like this, um, where he was, like, my protector. His name was Jasmine, and um, it was cute. Like, I was about, like, eight or yeah, eight or nine years old, and um, I would put, like, a little bonnet on him and put him in, like, a little baby stroller and, like, roll him around all of onset and... He would let me do it, and then he'd follow me to the bus stop, and like he'd be there when I was like getting off the bus, and he'd walk me home. So he was a good. So you had a good partner in crime. That's awesome. Yeah, he uh, protected me from some paranormal stuff too, which was kind of cool. There you go. Yeah. So, don't they even say like cats like have a good sense of if something is to come from like a supernatural? Well, I think a, a lot of animals do, but particularly other animals can see in a different dimension in yeah. a way. Yeah, they say cats can even see things beyond our traditional range. Like they say, I think they say some species of cats see UV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Cats are cool. 
Karen's like, I'm just going to close the window and act like I'm not hearing my child scream in the storm about her missing cat. Are we <laughs> filming? Is she, is she supposed to be outside screaming or is that... <laughs> no, it's fine, lady. You know, don't pay any attention. It's not like the troll's going to go fucking kill her. Well, I, I love I the fact that she just closes the window and lets her kid just run around screaming outside. I mean, it's kind of like, Really? Yeah. What is this she found? It's hard for me to see it, it, on the screen. She, what she found was one of the little pieces yeah. of the hat, I think. Oh, okay. Like his, like his yeah. fucked up ass jester his, cap. His, okay. his, his jester cap has like a few little bells kind of coming off. I think it's one of those. Okay. It was. It was uh, jingling hardcore in one of the other scenes. And then it switches off to this. So I think he's quieter in the next scenes because he lost that bell. Yeah. Creepy. Almost like an occupational hazard if you're like a troll trying to kill people to have like little bells even like on your hat. So when you're walking, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> you fucking trolls, man. Yeah. That's why you never heard of a troll become a ninja. He makes too much noise. Mm, I think I heard that before. <laughs> they, they, also apparently, like <laughs> they also apparently have some breathing issues too. You know? They do. Trolls? Trolls have sleep apnea. They do, yes. We should you help them have troll. <laughs> yes, I am a troll. <laughs> According to some people, you like I'm, yeah. This the this is like a doped up looking cat there. He's, oh, he's, he's so cute. I want a little stoned. Yeah, like he yeah. he they they assisted with that. He's not acting unfortunately there. Oh, what? He's the Robert De Niro of cats. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you talking to me? They force like a Tylenol PM down his throat. <sighs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh oh. See, here the we go. Troll's back. Yet again. This creepy little fucker. Ugly bastard. Look at him. Look at him. He looks like a fucking hamburger. Yeah, actually, I I say he looks, more, he looks more like a catfish. That too. Yeah. That too. That too. Yeah. Looks a little bit like Mayor McCheese too, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right back. Where's my goddamn bell? Uh, see, see. I love shots like that. Yeah, the miniature deal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so cool. I mean, and that has, and that's probably like a fifty to a hundred, maybe a hundred foot set. Because I would not be surprised if they filmed the studios on here at the same facility before uh, Super Mario Brothers was even filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, because they had some big studios for that, you know, in, in Wilmington where they filmed this. Well, I mean. It's it's a combination of things, right? Like big set, yeah. Little dude, wide angle lens, like yeah. a, like like not like a fish like, eye, yeah. Like a, like almost a fish eye lens. Like it, it, there's a lot of moving parts into getting a shot to look like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, to getting it so convincing that there's this little dude running around trying to like fuck this girl up. 
Oh, fuck that thing. I like the goofiness of this creature. He's trying to get from point A to point B, but he's like a toddler, you know. It's just you know. yeah, toddler that tries to steal your fucking soul. Mm-hmm. Though I have met a few of those, so that's not surprising. That's true. <laughs> well, your soul tastes good with ketchup. Wow, I'm Heinz. You need a troll, deep fried. I prefer oh, Heinz fifty seven. Wow. I, I wouldn't yeah. even deep fry the troll. I'd just start eating him al dente. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, get all that crunch. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like my troll. I like troll tartar. Here comes the bread. Uh, see again, again this little asshole, this some bitch. Some bitch. Power. If you guys came across something like this, would you kill it or you try and keep it confined? I'd kill the Rape fucking it. shit out I'd of it. I'd keep it confined until it probably killed me. <laughs> I'd kill the fucking shit out of that little asshole. Literally, I'd probably kill it and then stuff it. I'd make, make tons of money off it. I'd make friends with it and have them torture my neighborhood. Bring me back trees. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, all right. I'd cl- I'd get I'd go in my room and I'd be like one of us ain't walking out of this room alive, buddy. Yeah. And I'd have a machete about as big as him. <laughs> no, you mean a butter knife? If it has to feed stuff, it it eats children's like lives and souls. Bill, would you feel comfortable living that lifestyle with you? Yeah, I mean, you know I, damn well he would. Wouldn't be worried about that. You'd be cool with it, fucking killing kids, huh? Well, I, I didn't. You you said that. <laughs> that's, the life, that's the lifestyle that he. That's the lifestyle that he lives. Though. That's how he rolls. Yeah. Man. That's what he eats. Put him in a get an electrical cage. Put him in there. Show him who's boss, and say if you want to live, do my bidding. Plain and fucking simple. Would you give it cats or dogs from the neighborhood? We'd have to feed it something. I, I go to the supermarket and I get a bunch of raw meat live. and I just throw it in there and say, here. This is what you have to deal with. If you don't like it, then fucking die. And then it dies in the cage. And that's his fault because he won't eat it. (laughs) That's like somebody telling you to eat glass, Bill. Yeah. say, oh, you don't want to eat glass, Bill? Okay, you can die. Now I'm going to have the troll division of PETA come after me, you know? Oh, no, if he had a troll, he would kill it. No, I I would make it do my bidding. Trolls rights now. Trolls Trolls rights now, yeah. Okay. Hi, right, Bill. But just by design, this thing yeah. is so freaky. He really is, yeah. Creepy little asshole. Can't do it. Can't abide by it. Nope. It's an abomination in nature. Yeah, it's it's an abomination in nature. Should be killed. So is Gizmo. Yeah, I fully agree. He's a total abomination. Just he's because he's cute doesn't mean he's okay. Yeah, no, they can make that little bastard cute as hell, but he causes all kinds of shit the minute you put a little water on him. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure there's horror, there's horror female fans and maybe even some male fans that would love to have this and cuddle up with it and treat it like a cat or something. If it was Good for life. them. I would even Good love like a 12 them. to 14 inch statue. 
of this little thing, but I don't think it's really been mass produced. I've seen a few, but they were custom. But I've never actually seen someone like a NECA make like a, not even like a one-to-one scale because it would be that small, but like a, maybe like a, I don't know, 25 to one scale, scale them up a little. He is cool. Yeah. I don't, the film's not big enough. Yeah. I don't think the movie's ever had enough traction to. Yeah. To justify that, this already got oh. re-released on Blu-ray, right? Like in a, didn't in the Shell Factory, a Scream Factory give it. Yeah, a Scream Factory, Scream Factory gave it the collector's edition treatment okay. on Blu-ray, so it would have got it around that time, if anything. So yeah, now they're speeding up the song even more. <laughs> yep. Every move you make, Like I like that shot. Yeah, he does. He's he. It's a job. He he seems aggravated and. The same way anybody would go to a job and hate it, I think he kind of almost hates his job that he has to go around collecting souls. You it's almost be round, right, round, right. That would have worked for this too. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like dudes like he knows he's got to go talk to his boss after this. Yeah, and he's and not like, happy. He has to. Sorry, the soul thing isn't working. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you should have thought about this idea a little better before you wanted me to make a soul taker. Yeah. Worst soul taker ever. I'm already eight souls on the quota. Can we just get this over with? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I might as well be a soul taker with Robert Zadar and uh, Emilio Estevez if I'm that bad for Christ's sakes. I'm going to throw that cat out. Now, would you guys be as comfortable as them, or would you be worried that there was others in the house? I'd, I'd be more worried about there being a family of those things or something. Well, I, the look on, when they find that knife, the parents, and they're like, what the fuck? I'm surprised they didn't jet right out of there, because that was the first thing that went with my head. Here it is, yeah. It's like, yeah. obviously, this is the aftermath of something, and now they're going to realize, it's like, wait, there's humanoid features here. What the fuck are we looking at? And look at that blade. I mean, that's a sharp little thing. Yeah. I'd have burnt the whole fucking more. house down. Yeah. The arm, there's like... Burn a, it and bury it to the ground. The arm would be weird. The arm is the weird thing hanging next to the blade. The little fucking almost human-like arm. That's where you'd go, okay. My if first... Knife yeah. Could nope. be a toy, you know? Nope. Nope. I would, I would look directly at my wife and be like, we got fire insurance, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're torturing the house. Good night. I'm sorry, officer. I didn't know what happened. Well, Must have been see, a gas I, leak or something, honey. I mean, you, you I don't know. Over our oily rags in the basement? Nope. I guess the painters must have left. You see, I, I invited James Wood over, and he had a smoking problem, so, you know, uh, he got a you little agitated, and everything went up in smoke. Yeah, you know how that goes. Cheech and Chung, man. Oh. Now he's eating like a boss. Yeah, they treat me. Heck good. yeah. The general. You. you better recognize. <laughs> Gone full circle. The general getting his victory meal. Twelve. Only twelve different cats were used for the making of this film. Only twelve? Yeah. Only twelve. Because apparently they all got full. You can kind of tell in a couple scenes that they are different cats. One is like way more white than the other. They said it's mainly because the cat trainers use food as a positive reinforcement after so many people <clears throat> cat 
uh, being used uh, being used wouldn't be hungry anymore. So that has to get another cat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's code word for die. <laughs> die violently and painfully. I do love this shot coming up because it just reminds me of this the natural sweetness. And it's a weird way to even say it like that. But that's how I feel about this movie. There's just it is scary, but there's a sweetness about it. And the way it ends, it's just it's very Spiel, Spielbergian. Almost. It's very sweet. Yeah. I got a sweet fun fact for you. They had so many cats on set, they used the cats for that fan effect to get the chopped up gremlin. They just throw cats into the fan bill until they fucking... <laughs> Are you expecting a response on him? What the hell do you want me to say? Good? Bad? You just did. I got what I wanted out of you, Bill. Yeah, you, got you did. You got two responses. Uh, nothing could be worse than you saying you'd allow that thing to eat kids while he lives. <laughs> you're, you're, you're you kidding. said it. I didn't say it. You said it like twice. You didn't say you didn't do it. I'm sending this footage. To See, me. she's I'm right. Recording. I didn't say it. He said it. Yeah. And now we actually have a song that was sung by... Let's hear the, it, Bill. Sing it. The, it's on. In his on. cat's eye. Whoa, whoa. I, you took my breath away. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Oh my god! I say, like some platinum artist, you know, uh, producers down here. We we got a new uh, new singer here, Mr. Billy. That really happened. That really just fucking happened. Mm -hmm. All right, come on, dude. It's the it's it's the black dude from YMCA. I mean, he's awesome. He was the guy who sang this. I mean, it was one of the. I forget the fuck. We just, I think he was the cop. Wasn't it the black guy who was the cop in, um, in the, uh, the village no, people? We, we in the village people? I have no friggin' idea. We say yeah. African American, Bill. What? Us humans say African American. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever. Okay. All right, dude. I, yeah. brother, man. We just interviewed Tom McLaughlin. He was telling us how. Uh, Sometimes they come back was originally supposed to be a part of this anthology. Really? Yeah, but it was makes too sense. Long. Makes sense. I thought that was. I love that weird. movie so much. Yeah, we'll be talking about that soon enough. Yeah. And you then sometimes I mean? they come back again and again, and again and, then and again. Sometimes like, they come back again. There more. Are you talking about all of them? There's like 14 sequels to that movie or something. Obnoxious. That's the new Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the Arquettes was in the second. The original, one. it was it was uh, Lois Lane, wasn't it? No, no. no. The original ha- was Alex Arquette, who became yeah. Alexis Arquette. Yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah, she did. A, she did like a little bit of a. It was the, you know she had some horror career behind her too. They weren't good horror, but it was like horror of that time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like before her untimely death. Pulp Fiction, yeah, Pulp Fiction. She was in that too. Yes. Early, a little earlier in her career. Yeah, I like I like the Arquette family. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All 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 of the Arquette siblings are, are have definitely had memorable roles. Even though the father was an amazing character actor, Louis Arquette. That's yeah. Cool. Yes, so. So that was Cat's Eye. You know what I mean? What'd you guys think? Watch it in again. That was hilarious. That will never change. Hilarious. 
Yeah, like, like this, all the parts, like the fucking, the troll's noises, like his, like, sounds are funny in general. Oh, well, the Slimer, you know, so. The deviated septum, poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes you giggle. More cocaine. It's very breathy. <laughs> yep. yep, exactly. Okay, Billy, we don't need to hear you during uh, your sex capades now. Oh, my oh, God. Ah, Jesus. Sex. No, I sound, I, I don't sound anything like that in my sex capades. <laughs> That's nice. Thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm glad we're having share time. <laughs> so am I. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I'm, the game. I'm sorry I'm like the game guys, but, you know, thanks for allowing me to come in. Um, yeah. Anytime, Bill. Anytime. You know, it was, it was a pleasure. Next time, we'll, I'd like you to be there on time. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I didn't have a headache, so I apologize. No, I know. What happened? Did you sleep through the Yerlam or something? I did, actually, yeah, because like, as soon as I opened my eyes, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get up. I, I, I'm recording. I, I need to go to the. I, I got to be a decade of dairy right now. I have somewhere to be. That's where my mind is usually. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I definitely support that. Yeah. So the cat's eye, good times. Yeah, I think we all enjoyed it. Enjoyed it mm-hmm. for many years. Oh yeah. Um, good laughs. Some creepy moments. You know what I mean. Oh yeah. But yeah. Anybody else want to say anything else about the old dead kids? I mean, dead kids of dairy episode of fucking cat's eye. Well, I really loved uh, a lot of the cinematography. Um, And it's interesting if you think about it, looking at the um, other anthology we talked about earlier, which was uh, Creepshow. Yeah. That uh, they, well, in Cat's Eye was more blues and all that, but both of them had very, I would say, kind of like neon colors, more like bright colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which I thought really was a cool thing, and and really made like all the different uh, episodes kind of pull out. I mean, Grief Show was more brightly colored, but uh, Cat's Eye, I would say, had a lot of bright colors, but they were kind of muted. So it's kind of you know kind of gave a uh, like almost a dark foreboding uh, feeling towards them. It's had moments of Creep Show in it. Oh yeah, but, uh, definitely. I had some of those red and blue. I can back Actually, that. in the middle of segment mm-hmm. and the the ledge, the ledge, yeah, yeah, it was glorious. Anybody else? Um, the only thing I'll add on that is like I think like what we're seeing here is like I, I kind of touched on it at the beginning of the episode, but this really is like when, as far as films go, when Stephen King became a brand. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, like all the egg, all the Easter eggs, all the kind of like ego stroking in poking fun at himself, and like you know the beginning, like Cujo's chasing the cat, and he runs in front of Christine, and then you got the guy making fun of Pet Cemetery, and you know on and on and on. There's a couple of more nods in there too. I like this is and like. I think this was the first movie that was really made in mind of the Stephen King fan. Mm. You know what I mean? Everything before this, it was kind of like people were trying to sell Stephen King stories, whereas in this one, the, the selling point was that it was a Stephen King story. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I, I think that, that. Yeah, and I think that's like the bridge we're, what we just walked over with this one. And now we're going to get into more 
going forward, we're going to get into more films where Stephen King was already an established commodity yeah. in that way. And the self-reference is really smart, especially as bouncing off of what James is saying, because you're right. I mean, I think he really hit a zeitgeist with his film stuff because it was, you know, but the body of work was starting to build and it was there because he had already been an accomplished author for, you know, two decades, maybe beforehand. A decade. Oh, only a, oh it was only one. Okay. Yeah. It, so, but with the films just taking off, they did this definitely. I mean, if you can make fun of yourself, then you've reached a point where this is good. You know, this is something that we can work with. And uh, this is for the fans made by, you know, the fans. Because T is a huge, you know, Stephen King fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people that grew up are big fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that if you think about it, even though Stephen King hated it with a passion, The Shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, I would say was the first time that Stephen King started to actually become, I think, more like mainstream. I mean, he's he had been around for like a decade before or around that, but I don't think that, I mean, you had people who were fans of the book, but like Joe Schmo on the street probably did not know a lot or even really knew Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And then you had Stanley Kubrick. He did The Shining. I mean, uh, Stephen King can hate Stanley Kubrick all he wants for that movie, but that movie helped lead him into his own brand, helped bring him more mainstream. And I think at this point, like you guys are saying, that this is when you know it's gotten to a point where Stephen King himself is the brand that people know, that Joe Schmo, you can go on on the street and say, hey, dude, you like Stephen King? He's like, oh, yeah, I like this movie, I like that movie. And it was more in the... So Stephen King could start joking and making fun of himself because people knew knew him more yeah. than just, you know, people who just happened to read a few of his books. For sure. He became his own shelf yeah. on video stores by the time... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Stephen King, you know, oh, yeah, some some places have VHS. I remember the horror section, maybe like Trauma and Full Moon afterwards, and they might even have like some Stephen King after. Just you know, mm-hmm. his own his own genre, I guess you would say, because yeah. of by virtue. Yeah, he was his own genre for sure. You know, there's so many movies. That's why because he has so many. Works adapted, you know what I mean. If if it wasn't, if he only had like three or four, it wouldn't be a genre. But he's got so many now, and there's he's one of those things that there'll be there'll be there'll be another shining at some point in life. There'll be a there's another fire starter coming. There'll be another pet cemetery in life. There'll be another fucking everything. Everything will get redone after a while. You know what I mean? It's it's just the material, the content is uh, out there. You know what I mean? So now it's just. Even after he's dead, after we're all dead, they'll still be making Stephen King movies. Yeah, I would say Stephen King would be the closest to a modern day Shakespeare. Oh yeah, yeah, hands down, without a doubt, his stuff has become our modern mythology. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And as we're going down this odyssey, you can see it actually evolve into that. 
And that's what the fun part is of what we're doing is the dead kids watching his movies in order and actually really getting a taste and seeing the evolution, this ride that we're going on. Because it's just, you know, it's yeah. just going to be fun. fun. Salient fun waters. And, and, yeah, and the craziest ones are yet to come. No, really. You're not wrong. We're, we're not even out of the 80s yet. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to do this. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time. We hope everybody out there is enjoying their time with the dead kids as well. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode, which I believe is what, Silver Bullet? Yeah, yeah. Silver Bullet. I think, yeah. So if I'm so excited. We're getting more juicy up in here. We're going to get some aim. The, the father from People Under the Stairs. Good times. Everett McGill. Hee-haw, oh, hee-haw. Hee-haw always calls me that. <laughs> and we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of The Dead Kids of Derry. <laughs> all the dead kids. I'm Nancy Bob. I'm Nancy Bob Carter. We're all the dead kids. <laughs>